Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast with your hosts, Jason Rambo and Sean Alley. We bring you all things sporting clubs. Our focus is bringing new shooters to the sport and helping all shooters by giving you the most useful info from coaches, pro shooters, gun clubs, product and service specialists. The Dead Pair Podcast, what every shotgun shooter wants to hear. Paul? Dead Pair! Welcome, everyone, to the Dead Pair Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rambo, and with me, the burnt and crispy Sean Alley. What's up, big man? You betcha. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was a heck of a lot nicer down there than it is here in Ohio. Yeah, welcome home. You came home to, like, five inches on the ground? That yeah, night? five inches and about uh, five degrees. Mm-hmm. So that was about the the extent of it. Freezing rain. We flew in... Uh, that Monday night, and it was sleeting. I've never, I honestly lived here my whole life, and the roads around Columbus were probably the worst I've ever seen them. They were, they were terrible. Well, if terrible. my wife has her way, this time next year, when you're complaining about the snow, I'll be sending you pictures from the beach. I'll be living there. Well, I'll come down and visit. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What so, a, how was it? How was the Gator Cup, man? Man, what an experience. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, that is just a, for any of our listeners out there, and I know a lot of you guys are new or, or just getting into the sport, but if you can put it on your bucket list to go to the Gator Cup, I think it would be money well spent. First of all, it's at Quail Creek, one of the nicest facilities in the country. Um, they run it well. They've been doing it for years, and it draws some of the biggest names and shooters. I mean, really, you could literally just walk by guys that are on the cover of, of magazines, and there's you know internet articles all over about them, and they're shooting and stuff. Um of course, Zach Kimebaum won HOA on the uh, the main event, so congratulations to him. Uh, but, you know, there was other guys there. I mean, I, I passed Wendell Cherry. Uh, we talked to Anthony Matarese, uh, Diane Sorrentino, um, did an interview with uh, Melanie Parker, and also with Josh Taylor from White Flyer. Thank you to uh, all you guys that took time and talked to us uh, and gave us your input uh, input on the uh, the shoot as well as some of the other questions we had. And then it was really kind of cool. You know, we just got some hats made up, a uh, very small run just as a test run. I was wearing one around, and I was stopped at least a half a dozen times by people and said, hey, you're one of the dead pair guys, you know. And uh, it was really cool because uh, they talked to us and gave us some input about how the show was and that they listened. And it, that was really nice to hear. Uh, glad to know that we're uh, we're getting listened to and then that so, you guys appreciate us. So meeting these people out like that, um, they were able to confirm that I am the sexy one. Well, I mean, and- of that there's no <laughs> doubt. I mean, you know, they, they took one look at me and said, okay, you're Sean. <laughs> yeah. So catching up with the Parkers, was I wrong? Probably the nicest people in sporting clays. Melanie I mean, is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, and Malcolm is great too. Um, they both came in off the shoot uh, the Thursday that I was there. And uh, I told Melanie, I said, listen, it's hot. Go get yourself something to drink, a little snack or whatever you need to do. We'll sit down over here in the shade and talk. She is just the sweetest thing and uh, just really cares about the sport. Probably the uh, one of the chief ambassadors about why you would want to get into sporting clay. She's just a, a wonderful lady, and I appreciate her time. Well, you know, I'm jealous. You got to catch up with Diane and Anthony and yep. Josh. Yep. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm jealous. You know, I wish I could have. But at the same time, I caught up with people last time when yep. I was down in Florida that you weren't able to. So, Well, the, I mean, it's going to happen again next year, so book your ticket now, man. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's a heck of an experience. I would it's, definitely go. Sean, it'll be a, a whopping 
20 minute drive for me from my new house. There you go. Now. There you so, go. <laughs> Even you, then you better be there. Yeah. You, you definitely have to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. but yeah, overall, I mean, the shoot is, is fantastic. Um, as you'll hear Anthony say, um, some of the toughest targets you'll ever see as far as sporting clays go. Uh, they probably would rival what they throw at the nationals. I mean, at least as far as the main goes, um, I think Doug Vine set both main courses, and boy, there was some doozies. I mean, yeah. serious doozies. Station ten on the red core or the blue course. I apologize. Uh, you'll probably see all kinds of stuff over Facebook. They had basically a JLG man lift all the way up. It was either eighty or hundred feet in the air, and it was about sixty, sixty-five yards off to your right, at about your two o'clock. And it was throwing a, a report pair. The first bird launched as kind of a low Shondell, but it was away from you. By the time you took a shot, it was every bit of 80, if not 100 yards. Oh, and, come on. And probably going 50, 60 miles Are an you hour. Serious? And then as soon as you took a swipe at that, the second bird, they're throwing it from the tower to the ground right in front of you on edge at about the same speed. You barely had time to get the gun up just to see it. I mean, it was one wow. of those, you only had two pairs. So that was the kind of the fortunate thing. But I think everybody in our group blanked. Um, it was just, it was one of those targets that was there to test the best of the best. Yeah. So you just kind of walked into it and said, well, at least I, I saw it. But Yeah, but how cool. Yeah, you know, exactly. The whole experience, exactly. You know? And, and um, I mean, some of the toughest targets I've seen, um, and but was very enjoyable, very fun, um, very challenging. Um, and of course, the weather in Florida, you can't get much better. 80 degrees, sunshine. Um, definitely the the Ohio blood in this Ohio boy was a little thick <laughs> for there down there. So, so but, okay, you talked about the targets. You talked yeah. about uh, the event itself was ran pretty smooth, right? No holdups, no jam ups. Yeah, everything no. was pretty good. Um, there was a little transition holdup between like some of the um, the smaller events, like the. Uh, I forget what they were doing, like 20 gauges and stuff before we shot the main in the afternoon. So you pretty much had to wait to the minute when they were starting the tournaments. But other than that, once we got in there, ran pretty smoothly. A couple backups here and there at different stations just for whatever reason. But that happens at you're every gonna, tournament. Yeah, you yeah. don't have that every tournament. And, and especially with as many shooters as was yeah. there. I think there was well over 600, maybe close to 700 shooters there registered for the whole week. But I mean, what an amazing facility. I mean, it, it's all the vendors were there. I mean, you had... Gun vendors, choke vendors, um, eyewear, earwear, you name it. Um, and then, you know, pretty much anybody you wanted to talk to was there as well. So um, one of the things that Fred Fenizzi had talked about prior to the event was they were going to break up the dinner. In other words, they were going to start, I think he said, at like 1 o'clock and yeah. serve all the way to 5. So, How'd that go? So Saturday they do a traditional uh, prime rib dinner. And they start cooking that like the day before they got, I mean, the huge layout, you know, huge food trailer. I mean, the amount of food they run through there is, is pretty much oh, yeah. incredible alone. They have breakfast, they have lunch, they have dinner. Um, so you can pretty much get anything you want there throughout the day. And they have daily specials. Um, you know, one day they had a quarter pound hot dog that I swear I couldn't even eat. I mean, wow. it was huge. Um, but yeah, everything ran well. The dinners ran well. Um, they gave away 30 guns. Wow. And I think the big prize was uh, coal, uh, Cole gunsmithing gave away the DT 11 gold with the custom TSK stock and a 12 year old boy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Won it. What a fantastic prize for that young man. Congratulations. Right. Um, and it also, if I can take a minute, I want to thank rich Cole. Um, you didn't know who I was. Uh, my buddy JD was there. He bought his DT 11 from you. <laughs> also his wife's a 400 from you last year. And, uh, he did some trigger work on JD's DT-11, which was hanging up when he fired the top barrel. It was a little harder to pull. And I noticed there was a little creep in mine, and I 
went up to him. I said, Hey Rich, I said, you know, I didn't buy my gun from you. I said, but is there any way your guy could take a look at it? Cause I think I've got some of the same thing going on. And, and sure enough, he yanked the trigger out of my DT 11, took it back to his gunsmith, which had a trailer right outside the, the Beretta building. 10, 15 minutes later, it was back in my hand. And I said, what do I owe you? And he goes, you know, don't, I'm not going to charge you anything. He goes, but he goes, I bet you'll buy your next gun from me. There I'm like, absolutely, go. man. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's customer service. So big hats off to Rich Cole. Thank you for doing that. And by Very the way, cool. my gun shot perfect after that. That's that's awesome. That's so, awesome. But yeah, I mean, just an overall great event. Um, we stayed, uh, me and the two guys that I went with, we stayed at OK Corral, which is another shooting facility about 25 minutes away. Um, they have a fantastic course there as well. So it was just kind of a whole shooting experience for the four or five days that we were there. Weather was great. Um, again, way, way better than here. Yeah. Uh, I can't say enough about it. It was really, really, really nice. Uh, I would definitely go back again in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm planning for next year, you know, January, February. Um, a lot of my vacation will be revolved around that. Whether I'm living here or there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would go and, and here's the other crazy thing. So, when you go there, um, they park you. Their parking lot's out by the roads, a really long strip. Looks like a, kind of like a runway. And you park on both sides of this thing. And I'm looking at the license plates from the different cars. Yeah. You've got New Hampshire, New York, Texas, North Dakota. Uh, just about any – I mean, you're thinking, man, people really drove this far to come to the shooting. And sure enough, they did. They did. So, I mean, right. there was just a ton of people there, a ton of people there to experience the ambiance. I mean, across the street, they have camping and stuff. So guys towed their whole campers and toy haulers down there. Uh, golf carts galore. I think there was several hundred golf carts that were brought wow. into the facility for the shoot. And then everybody had that had their own personal buggies. I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like being at a carnival. It was well, just really cool. You know, and for the listeners, the whole point of us going on about Sean's trip down there you need, I don't care what class you're in or if you're just getting started, you do yourself a huge credit and go to one of these big money shoots. I mean, it's the whole experience that Sean's talking about. I mean, he's sitting here. I know you guys can't see him like I can right now, but the excitement, just as he's talking about it, get out and shoot. I mean, plan yes. your family vacation. You know, if you're up north like us in the frigid cold, you take your family down to the beach for the week. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to go shoot some really cool targets. Sounds like they had they had good food. Yes, uh, yes. Um, great people. Obviously, great targets. Great Absolutely. event and, and a chance to win some big money too. Yeah, I mean that one thing about the Gator Cup. I think what draws a lot of people is the money. Now, every class I'm talking everything from masters all the way down to E class. If you won first place in the main, it was twelve hundred and fifty dollars, and that plays to E class too, all the way down. Right. So every first place E D C B A double A and master, everybody won twelve fifty. I think it paid four or five places back. So even if you won second, it was like five hundred bucks or something. Yeah. So I mean, um, I actually. The one thing I did right, um, I shot pretty well all weekend long. I had one, uh, the, the, uh, the super sporting event. I woke up with a little bit of the brown bottle flu, <laughs> D did not shoot as well as I wanted to that morning. Of course, that was an 830 start off. Um, but I did take second place in the red prelim on Friday. Got a nice little plaque all for right. that. So yeah. Congratulations, Mr. Allen. Yeah, popped off uh, four punches to add to the purse there so I can keep moving up. Uh, and then the main, I didn't shoot too bad. I think I came in like 28th place out of a hundred shooters could have done a little better. If I would have just busted about another 10 birds, I would have been quite a bit higher in the well, rankings, but I mean, there's a lot of competition there, man. You know, it, it's funny. Cause you and I got to talk, um, Friday night mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, you were all excited. You were on cloud nine. You'd play second in the prelim. Yep. And I was following scores all day long on Saturday, and I thought, uh-oh, he's got some work to do. And yes. then your score came in. I was like, ooh, the wheels fell off. The axles dug in. And Well, I'm going to tell you right so, now. I shot a – I think I shot a 74 on Saturday on the main. I shot a 75 on Sunday. And believe me, I typically shoot in the 80s for most of the tournaments around here in Ohio if I'm shooting – as I should be shooting. And Doug Vine set the targets for the main. And I'm telling you what, if you've never shot Doug Vine targets, oh, yeah, I've it's it. an experience. Yep. I mean, it's it's not anything to mess around with. I mean, there's no joke. I mean, I basically, if you're not a master class shooter and a good master class shooter, you're going to drop 10 no matter what you do. I mean, right. you can just go into saying the best I can do is a 90. Right. And so I don't feel too bad with what I shot. Um, there was a... But this goes back. Don't mean to interrupt you, but this goes back to what I said when I got home from Florida State. It's not the number you put up. It's the experience that you had at that shoot that made it worth every penny you invested to go down there. And I would agree with what you said earlier. I would have paid twice the price for half the score because, again, it was an experience. Just to be there rubbing shoulders with all the big names, uh, just to be there talking to some of the people. And it was a great atmosphere. Everybody was you know happy, enjoying the, the good weather. Um, just really great. I mean, again, I can't say it enough. If you guys can get down there, try to go to the Gator Cup. Um, even if you can't get to the Nationals, which Jason and I haven't done yet, we're trying to get that into our schedule maybe this year. I ain't no trying about it. You're going. We're you're, pushing. We're pushing. Listen, and, your wife already hates me, okay? It'll be <laughs> <She> all right. <laughs> <hate> <laughs> <So. laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, but like I said, Gator Cup is probably the closest thing you'll come to um, as far as targets and stuff go and being able to see the big names in the sport. So definitely right. if you can get down there, Make a make a plan and, and try to make it happen for yourself. Well, hey, listen, you were able to catch up with Melanie Parker mm-hmm. and Josh Taylor, White Flyer, From White Flyer, yep, Diane Sorrentino, yep, and Anthony Matteris, and I am dying to hear these. So let's get to your interviews. And by the way, these interviews are brought to you by Negrini. At Negrini, we case your memories. All right, I'm sitting here with Melanie Parker at the 2021 Gator Cup. Melanie, thank you so much for meeting with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you asking me. Oh, no, you're very welcome. Uh, and I just, you just finished up shooting, correct? You shot FETAS? I did. I shot FETAS, which is a discipline that I don't normally shoot very often, but I shot it today because it's always great targets here. Gotcha. Yeah, fun time, good targets? Fun time, yes. Good, good deal. So, for our listeners, how did you get started into shooting? Well, I'm actually married to Malcolm Parker, Mm -hmm. and um, he is the captain of the United States shooting team super bet division this year, sporting and FETASC. We've been married, mm, well, Monday will be 18 years. Congratulations. Thank you. And so he's the one that introduced me to sporting. Uh, I grew up in central Florida, not too far from here, and I always hunted with my granddad and um, hunted and fished and things like that. So, but he actually uh, got me started in, in sporting through some charity events. We were married actually five years before I ever pulled the trigger on oh, the target. Okay, well, good mm-hmm. deal. So, as a female shooter, what do you think are some of the unique things that, that female shooters face in the sport? Is there any major hurdles or challenges to overcome? I don't really think so. Um, Everyone's welcome in sporting, and you know, from the youth shooters to the lady shooters, uh, uh, even to the elderly shooters. Um, I think that uh, everybody in this sport is just super nice, and I, I don't think, as, as a woman, I don't think there are many hurdles in getting into the sport. 
um, it's hard to compete sometimes with some of the guys, but um, we're getting there, and, and I don't think it's going to be very long before you see women HOAs. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think there's a lot of great people in this, in this sport, and I think that women have just as much uh, chance to knock off the guys as anybody else does. They're getting closer it, Yeah, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. They're getting closer every week, so I, I can't wait to see it. We have a lot of great up-and-coming young, young women shooters, and we're getting closer. Yeah, we've been seeing a lot more uh, couples on mm -hmm. the courses that we shoot at and a lot more young ladies coming into the sport, which is nice. And yeah. I really, really like to see that because to see the sport grow is what we're trying to do. Um, okay, so we're at the Gator Cup. The weather's beautiful. I just came from Ohio. It was 10 degrees Monday morning when I flew out. So. <laughs> well, I'm from South Georgia, which is only four hours up the road, but it's been raining relentlessly. Oh, I mean, it? and um, we're a pool builder. We actually work for a living. We don't work in the industry. And um, But it's nonstop rain, so it's that's why we're here for the entire week. Kind of got so you sidetracked got, for a got bit. Got a sidetracked, so we came on down to Sunshine in Florida. Well, that's no, there's no better way to spend a little bit of off time than to come down no here. No better place in February ever to be than right here right. at the Gator Cup and these Florida shoots. Well, what do you look forward to the most when you come to the Gator Cup? This isn't your first, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. No, not my first. Actually, the I think uh, Quell Creek has hosted the Gator Cup or in the latter years, Seminole Cup, for the last 20 years. Um, Malcolm and I, I have been coming, well, I've been coming probably for eight or ten of those years. Um, the people here are phenomenal. You will not meet a better host in uh, Fred Finese and his wife. Um, they they are just Maria is above and beyond. You know, with the customer service, what whatever you need, they're going to make it happen. So uh, it's just so welcoming here, and uh, you see the same people year after year after year, and it's just it's just one of the best shoots of the year. I agree. This is a wonderful um, place. I've, I've I've only been here one other time. We came at Father's Day last year, and I was really impressed with the overall layout. The, uh, the cleanliness, the staff was really ha uh, friendly and happy to have you here. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a really great place to come. And uh, I'd love to be able to come back here year after year if I can if I can afford it and if I can do it. <laughs> it. It is a great place to shoot for anybody. Yep. Something to do for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so getting back to, you know, with female shooters and stuff coming into the, into the sports, um, what advice would you have a new lady shooter that's coming in? Like either her husband's asking her to come with her to shoot with him, or she's thinking about maybe getting some of her friends together. What what would be some advice or some knowledge you could share with some lady shooters on our, our podcast to uh, help them out? Well, there's a lot of great ladies groups that are that are now shooting. Uh, the Honey Bells here in Florida mm -hmm. and the Grits, girls really into shooting um, out of um, South Carolina, I believe they are now, but they have chapters in, in all the states. The Honey Bells are here in Florida. So that's a great way to be introduced um, by women shooters and you have women instructors. Uh, and I, I just think the best place to start is at the very beginning. Um, don't try to go too fast. Mm -hmm. It's it's a process. I've been shooting um, almost 12 years, um, and I think I should be able to shoot with everyone else. But the truth of the matter is, is I don't practice enough. But that's another story. But back <laughs> back to beginning uh, women getting women in, into shooting. I think that you should start with a gun that obviously doesn't 
hurt you. Yep. With a load that doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. And and just because your husband's shooting 1300 doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do that. And if the 20 gauge is where you need to start, then that's where you need to start. You need to enjoy where you are in this sporting arena and and just take your time and learn as you go and the most important thing is is to have fun yes i I, you know it is we put so much pressure on us particularly as women to perform and to to compete if you will um but even even with the women in this sport you won't find a greater group because we're we're all in each other's corners you know so i'm super happy when other people win and 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 i just love seeing them come on up through the ranks and and that's that's where we are now with the younger shooters and just you know enjoy the journey i guess is what i would say and um enjoy where you are start where you are and don't try to get ahead of yourself get if if it's something that you're really wanting to pursue you need a coach and that coach doesn't necessarily need to be your husband um, there you my go. husband is going to talk to somebody differently than he talks to me. Mm-hmm. So my husband's one of the best shooters in the United States, but he doesn't coach me. Gotcha. Um, I, I, I seek out other avenues of coaching and um, not to say that he doesn't help me because I know he wants me to do my dead level best always. Sure. But the presentation sometimes is a little sharp. Yeah, absolutely. No, I can totally agree. And that's a great advice, actually, for any woman shooter. Um, don't be intimidated. And if you need help, go get a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of great things for women, you've got something here that I know our viewers aren't going to be able to see. But I see that it's got the word Kohler stamped on the side of it. Can you tell us a little bit about what this is that you brought to the table? This is America's best kept secret right now, but I'm going to share it with you and all your listeners today. So, wow. as you know, uh, my husband and I are sponsored Kohler shooters, and and uh, Malcolm has shot for Kohler for the better part of 23 years, and I've shot for the better part of 10. Um, this is the new prototype ladies' gun. It does not yet have a name. We're working on that, but okay. we've we've um, are working on this. If you can see that they've slimmed down the side plates a lot, so it really fits the ladies' hands. The grip really fits the ladies' hands. The stock has some cast off, which a lot of us need. Um, and let me just tell you, this wood is beautiful. You said oh, something about the wood. It's gorgeous. And, and Kohler, the Kohler wood on the basic guns is just beautiful because they handpick all the blanks. Yeah. So the, it, it is just an amazing piece of wood. But this this gun, if you're at the Seminole Cup or if you're at um, any of the events where we have the elite trailers, the elite shotguns, because they're one of the largest Kohler dealers in the United States, mm-hmm. they will have this tri-gun. And so what we're doing is we're we're offering this up to shoot for the women and we're taking their um, advice their criticisms or whatever what and and we're working on it so this gun will be released um, in this basic model which is the real slim model just the basic color model and we'll also have a couple engraving patterns that are yet to be uh, revealed so but this gun will be released later in the year for purchase so we're just we're just really working on it now just kind of laying hands on her and massaging her and getting her to wear where she needs to be but well, uh, you let me hold it and i was uh i was very pleased i mean the weight is down low i mean it's still a, a fairly solid gun uh, mm-hmm. for a lady but it's very sleek feeling in the hands gonna be like i said roughly eight and a half pounds and the best thing about the kohler is all the balance is right between your hands mm-hmm. it's not 
barrel heavy it's not butt heavy it's just it it, it it just sits right on your hands you know and it's just I love it. It's, it's my favorite gun ever. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be huge because we've got a friend that we shoot with back home. She shoots a siren, uh -huh. and the reason she went with the siren is because it's a gun made specifically for a lady that's and, exactly and the right. ladies build. And uh, I will. Uh, I'm going to take some pictures before we leave because I want to show her this, and this might be on her new wish list. You know, the, the siren <laughs> is a great gun for women. I mean, they ha they have brought women to shooting um, a long a long way. I mean, we and we have. Uh, several ladies here this weekend that are shooting those guns and they're great guns because listen we're not built like you guys and right. and so we're we have to have something a little different and this is a little different she's beautiful and i can't wait to to I can't wait for the release of this gun later this yeah, year. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm trying to think in my head it, for for lady shooters other than the siren and now the Kohler. Is there any other specific lady models out there that girls could look at, and and at least, you know, maybe even at a little bit lower price point, where they're just getting started into the into the sport. I'm gonna say the Siren is probably the price point, the starting point, the starting point. Okay. Um, Kragoff has a ladies' gun. Okay. And forgive me. I think it's called the Victoria or Victoria or something like that. It's okay. it it has a name, but I'm not familiar with that. Um, but yes, there are there are several that are up and coming simply because the growth in this sport is your women and youth shooters. Absolutely. And uh, um, Quail Creek has a phenomenal youth shooting program, and. A lot of these uh, junior and sub-junior shooters that you'll see on the podium at the end of the weekend mm -hmm. um, have come up in the ranks here in, in these this youth program here, the Young Guns here at Quill Creek. Yeah, and gun fit is you know so important for everybody. I mean, I don't think I can stress it enough that I, I, I became a believer when I first started shooting because until you get it set up the right way, you really don't know where you're shooting at. Gun fit is paramount. Um, I have a custom stock on my gun. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started, I shot a Beretta 390 automatic, semi-automatic with a Monte Carlo stock on it because it, because it sit higher on my face, you mm -hmm. know, but it, but it had cast in the butt, and so I shot that gun for years, and um, and it was real comfortable for me. And that that's another thing, the gun has to be comfortable because if you're black and blue when you come off the course for the first time, you're not going to want to do that again. Yeah, I agree. And so gun fit is par paramount, and most anybody. Uh, all your all your reputable gun builder uh, gun makers and and um, representatives are going to be able to tell if a gun fits you and let's hope that they tell you the truth about that so yeah, and yeah. I think they would so um, yeah gun fit is paramount excellent all right well I tell you what if you don't mind I'd like to go into our what we call our rapid fire questions oh boy uh, and I'll try to, I'll take it easy here so all right first question as always what gun. Kohler, all the way, no <laughs> question. Okay, what's your barrel length? 30. And chokes? Mod. Mod, mod. Mod, mod. And they're uh -huh. Kohler chokes? Um, I use Briley chokes, yes. Briley chokes, uh -huh. okay. And what kind of shells do you favor? I have just gone to the BMP 1161 ounce, and it's the favorite thing I've ever shot in my life. Really? Really. Gotcha, excellent. Uh, what's your load? What's your load for your shells that you shoot? One, uh, one, uh, one ounce, eleven sixties. Oh, one ounce, eleven sixties. I'm sorry, yeah. and seven and a half or eights. Seven and a half all the way for me. That's what I meant to ask you. I mm -hmm. apologize for that. <laughs> How about shooting glasses? Ranger. Ranger. I see that. Uh, shell bag or vest? 
I have um, a shoot the moon vest, custom moon vest. vest. Uh -huh. Okay, and what kind of ear protection do you wear? I just re wear regular, I'm hearing impaired, so I don't want anything that amplifies, even though they have a baffle, so I wear regular molded earplugs that Granny from PMS Firearms made me. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, any sponsors you want to thank? Uh, thank you, Kohler, absolutely. <laughs> I love my gun. Yes, so our sponsors are Kohler, Ari Ranger, uh, PMS Firearms, Mike and Granny, um, and Malcolm wears the ESP hearing protection, um, and I think that's it. Excellent. Well, I can't say thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy day. I, I don't ever want to interrupt you guys when you're shooting, uh, but I know we're just getting started here. I wish you the best of luck, both you and, and Malcolm. Thank you. And uh, hopefully you guys do well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, I'm back with Melanie Parker. Melanie wanted to say a big thank you to one more person. Elite Shotguns. I'm so sorry that I forgot to mention that when we were talking about that, but Elite, <laughs> Uh, who is one of the uh, larger Kohler dealers in the United States, is also one of our sponsors, and we can't thank them enough for all of their help and everything that we do. Sitting with me now, I have Josh Taylor from White Flyer. Josh, how are you doing today? Good, how are you doing? Good. Hey, uh, beautiful weather here, right? Much better than up north. <laughs> <laughs> right, I agree. Totally agree. Um, how was your trip down? It was good. Uh, yeah. Flew in from St. Louis. A uh, little nod out to the people up north enjoying those uh, mid-teens and single digits this yeah. week. Yeah, this was the perfect week to get the heck yeah. away from the Midwest, I'm uh, telling just you. Just to let everybody know, it is 80 and sunny down here. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got a lot of haters out there, I'm sure. <laughs> so give me a little bit of background. Uh, you're with White Flyer. How long have you been with them, and what kind of stuff do you do? I've uh, been with White Flyer for just over 15 years. Before that, I was with Winchester Ammunition in their marketing department. Uh, since I joined White Flyer, I've been the Eastern Sales Manager, and now I'm their Midwest Southeast Sales Manager. There's four of us that uh, manage and run pretty much the world, but our main focus is North America with a primary focus of the United States. Gotcha. And do you typically come to the Gator Cup each year? Try to. Gotcha. Try to. We usually have a rep, either myself or Robert Crow, who's our National Sales Manager. Um, this event's one of the premier events in the Southeast. So usually here I are here every year. Yeah, this is a great event. The first time here for the Gator Cup, I actually was able to shoot Quail Creek last year for a Father's Day tournament. So this is a wonderful facility. It is. Um, <clears throat> so uh, do you know how many targets are going to be thrown uh, this weekend? <laughs> uh, roughly, of course, we always bring an extra. We don't want to run out. We're sure. Not, there's not a uh, you know a store right up the. Uh, store right up the road that we can go get more so we brought in just over a million targets okay um but they'll whether they go through all those it kind of always depends on the attendance and last minute case cancellations new people adding on gotcha and i'm sure you bring the full gamut you guys make how many different targets do you make for the united states market we make everything okay. um, everything's done in-house from international targets to the trap and skeet targets to the sporting clay targets okay and what did you bring with you here i'm sure what Regular standards, uh, rabbits. Uh, the, the club, the club and the setters decide what they want to bring in. Okay. Um, they place an order with us, and then we bring them what we have, what they've ordered. Right. Um, so really, it's we look at the orders. Um, of course, this club obviously has been doing it for a long time. They know what they need and where they want to use it. Um, a newer club or a newer tournament, we might visit with them and say, "Hey, may not want to bring this in. You may want to look at this color combination." But Absolutely here, you're going to have the gamut probably from all black 108 sporting clay targets to all orange. Um, you have your Batus, your Rabbits, your Middies, 
Um, I'm sure there'll be some 70 millimeters out there, but yeah, you're gonna see for between fee task, five stand, the prelims and main events, you're gonna see a, a gamut of everything out there that we make. Good deal, I can't wait. I haven't been able to shoot yet, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, so, you know, obviously this is the uh, continuing year of COVID. Has COVID affected White Flyer and their ability to supply targets to any of the clubs? It did a little bit um, when everything first hit, um, when they were trying to decide what was essential and non-essential businesses. Mm -hmm. um, we did lose production for um, four to six weeks out of some of our facilities. Um, then we were deemed essential business and just like all the other ammunition and firearm manufacturers. And uh, we got up and running. Obviously, with a lot of safety precautions, I mean, our main focus is still the health of our employees. Um, we didn't want anybody doing something that they weren't feeling comfortable with. Um, we have drivers and uh, deliveries out of all of our plants. We wanted everybody to be safe and healthy uh, through all those times. So um, even though we were allowed to do it, we put in our own safety precautions to ensure that we were doing everything safe and keeping everybody healthy along that path. Um, so yes, it, um, towards the end of last year, things got, I'd say, a little tight on a few colors, uh, maybe a few of your specialty targets, your rabbits, your battoos, mm -hmm. but no club went without targets. Okay. Well, that's good, because I know we've all been faced with the ammunition shortage right now, and a yep. lot of the components they're saying are scarce or hard to get because other places have been shut down. So just didn't know if any of that was going to affect you guys and getting targets to the clubs. No, and an exciting thing for us is we are getting ready to open up our fifth plant in the United States. Oh, wow. Where's that going to be? be in Dalton, Georgia, which is just north of Atlanta. So okay. we'll have plants in Pennsylvania, Indiana, Missouri, California, and then Georgia. And do you pretty much produce all the targets in all the different facilities? Or we do. Okay. We do. Gotcha. So not necessarily a specialty no. facility. No, everything everything is able to run everything that we produce. Okay, so Jason wanted me to ask you about the blackout target. What can you tell me about that? Okay, yep, the blackout. Um, we got rid of our biodegradable target um, in 2019, and the biodegradable target was great, um, but the shooters didn't care for the white raw material that's on the inside of the targets. And I think they use a lot of the they use, used a lot of the biodegradables here, right? They did. Creek? Yeah, they did. Um, they've moved away from it. They've gone more to our pitch targets. Okay. Um, but the uh, so there was always that perception that the biodegradable targets didn't perform as well. And a lot of it is because it takes three or four pellets on a properly spinning target to get a target to break. Okay. And when one pellet hits that target, you may not see that black dust that comes off of it but you do see the white dust that comes off it was more visible. Oh, okay. So there was that perception that the biodegradables were harder, they didn't break, they didn't perform, and we were always looking to make an improvement on that, and we found an additive to put in there that uh, makes the raw material black. Okay. So it darkened up the material, and in doing that actually gave us a little bit more strength, but also made them a little bit more fragile, which I know is kind of a weird, you hear that, but it was a stronger target for the machine to throw but more stored energy to where when the targets hit, it breaks and it comes break. apart. Comes okay, apart that, better. that makes sense. That's, so that's pretty that cool. is that is really what the blackout is. Um, we just wanted a whole new name and new brand to that uh, that particular target. Okay. Anything else new that White Flyer is working on that you could share with us? Um, we're always looking at things new and exciting. Um, not really anything for 2021. Um, obviously, coming off of a 2020 year, we were kind of handcuffed from a lot of things. Sure. Um, you know, a SHOT Show didn't happen this year. Um, there was a lot of in-person, face-to-face um, -face meetings. You know, usually the, uh, the plant managers and sales always get together multiple times throughout the year, and all that had to be put on um, 
Uh, I've done more uh, Zoom meetings than I uh, ever thought I would do in my entire life. <laughs> and, did them, all? <laughs> and, did, and, and did them all in 2020. So yeah. um, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully getting into 2022, we're back to the SHOT Show and maybe can make some announcements on maybe some different colors or even something else. So. Well, fingers crossed that things yep. get back to normal sooner rather than later. Uh, okay, and then I was going to circle back to you, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. So can you explain a little bit of the difference between the standard 108-millimeter target that we use here in the United States and the 110-millimeter international target that they typically use in Europe? And then after that, is there any thoughts that you would share whether or not they would ever standardize that for the world, or are we just going to always see a, a, a separate separation between the, the European stage and the American stage? Absolutely. Yep. The... Um since sporting really originated here in the States, as far as developing our game, the American sporting plays, that was, came from skeet and trap, which was a 108 millimeter target. Okay. So when you go back to the early infancies of both of those games, that was always a 108 that was designed, developed here in the U.S. Versus international trap, international skeet was the predominant game around the world. So when they took those targets to develop FETASC and the European sporting, they just immediately went from 110 to 110 versus we went from 108 to 108. We, so our trap and skeet targets and then our sporting clay targets, our sporting clay target is a heavier target. It's still a 108 millimeter, but it's a heavier target so we can throw it faster and further for sporting clays. Okay. So um, we do have tournaments that we send 110 millimeters to uh, a lot of the trap manufacturers offer those carousels here in the U.S. Um, so there's always that option, but to say that there'll be a rule change or to where someone will say, this is mandatory that we, you know, everything is, you know, 110 or 108. I don't know if that will, don't know if that'll ever happen or take place. Because I think the 110s, they do fly a little faster, right, than the 108s with the weight or? The, you can. I mean, really, our 108s aren't far from the 110. Okay. You can throw them just a little bit faster, and obviously it's a little bit bigger target and a little bit heavier, but it's very, 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 very minimal. Well, so. I mean, obviously I've never done it, but I've heard from you know higher-up shooters that when you go from the American stage to the European stage, there is a little bit of difference in you know how your eye reads the bird mm -hmm. on a 110 target versus a 108, and that's, that's the only reason I was curious to see if there's... There is. I mean, you're still dealing with a different profile. Um, that, uh, it's a different look to the international target as far as that are, that are specified by the Olympic committees mm -hmm. versus the the 108 design that we have here in the States that was really came off of the American trap and skeet designs. So we have a little higher dome, a little different profile. So there's a different look, um, especially for our top shooters that are competing around the world. You know, they their eyes and reflexes are there to recognize, um, you know, what they're seeing differently with the, uh, with the target. So... Gotcha. Now, are you a shooter yourself? I am. Okay. Do you do much register targets or just... Uh... I do. I'm, I was an active shooter before I came to work in the industry. Um, really, probably my bigger background was in uh, pistol and rifle, but I did do quite a bit of shotgun shooting growing up, more for practicing for hunting. Uh, my dad really kind of brought me up, always going towards, you know, hey, we're going to go shoot trap, we're going to go shoot ski, we're going to go shoot sporting clays whenever it started. Um, but really, was for he and I was more of a, hey, we're getting ready for quail season. We're getting ready for duck season. Right. We're getting ready for dove season. I mean, yeah. it really was more for practice for us growing Don't up. Don't want to miss those birds. <laughs> right, right. Um, the real we, ones. And we did, we did a lot of shooting and a lot of practicing. But re the registered side of it, I really didn't get until um, 
probably late teens, early 20s was when I really started shooting more registered. Gotcha. Um, but I do shoot registered trap skeet and sporting plays. Awesome. Well, would you mind if I run you through our rapid fire questions? This is something our, our listeners really love to hear from everybody that's out there shooting. I, I know that you're not like a sponsored shooter or anything, but I mean, hey, curiosity. Just no, not curiosity. at all. I don't mind it. And, and the stuff that I mentioned, you know, as far as the rapid goes is the, uh, I do have a lot of um, people that I trust in the industry. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm not a sponsored shooter. I'm an industry guy, but sure. the, the stuff that I use are things that I feel very important about. And I feel that they make a very good quality product. And those are the ones that I like to support out there. Yeah, and that's absolutely who we want to share with our listeners, just yep. so it gives people options and, and things to look into. All right. So the most important question, what, what's your gun? Parazzi. Okay, and what's your length of barrels? Uh, well, <laughs> I have a lot uh, because, oh, okay. because right. I shoot trap, skeet, and sporting plays. Oh, okay. So, right. so um, just... I have I have a 34 run single and a 32 over and under that I shoot for trap. I have the same 32s and 30 inch carrier barrels that I shoot for skeet. Okay. With Briley tube sets in my 30 inch carrier barrels, and then I have 34 inch over and unders that I shoot in sporting. Nice. nice. So, like I said, it's kind of a gamut, depending on what game I'm going as to what barrels I'm taking with me. All right. So, sticking with sporting, since okay. we are at the Gator Cup, yep. uh, what chokes do you shoot and what constrictions? Uh, Briley choke tubes. Okay. And primarily light modern mod. Okay. All right. Uh, your favorite shell? Uh, Winchester double A's. What's uh, your recipe? Super handicap, seven okay. and a half. Seven and a half. Gotcha. Glasses? Uh, Pila? Ears. Um, just the uh, molded uh, ears from uh, L&M. Okay. Shell bag or vest? Uh, Castellani vest and uh, wild hair uh, shell bag. Okay. And I know you don't have any sponsors, so I'm going to ask you about that. So that's easy <laughs> enough. But that's it's always people. My, wanna... uh, I do have a custom stock, and that's done from uh, from Winnig. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I yep. have a Winnig custom stock. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I tell you what, it's been very nice sitting down here talking with you. I, I know there's so much stuff going on here at the Gator Cup. This is my first day here. I'm trying to kind of take it all in, and obviously I'm really anxious to go get out there and shoot. Are you going to shoot here at all this weekend? I am, yep, shooting a couple prelims and shooting the main event. Excellent, excellent. Anything else you'd like to add for our listeners? Uh, no, White I appreciate Flyer. you asking me to be involved, and obviously White Flyer is proud to be out there sponsoring these events and being out there visiting with everybody. So Absolutely. Well, thank you for taking your time, John. Absolutely, thank you. All right. This is Sean with the Dead Pair Podcast, sitting here with Diane Sorrentino. Diane, thank you for meeting with me today. How are you? I'm great, Sean. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, We're at the Gator Cup. Uh, You just got done shooting, uh, you said the Red Course, was it? Red Course this morning. How'd that go for you? You know, it it didn't go too badly. I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with my score, and uh, there was some some good targets there. A bunch you should hit, and there was a bunch you could have missed. Gotcha. So I'm pretty happy. Gotcha. Now, what part of the country are you from? New Jersey, southern New Jersey. Okay, so down here, obviously, it's really nice to be here in the great state of Florida this time of year. It's always great to come to the Gator and catch that little bit of break with the weather. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm from Ohio, so I totally get you. So let me start from the beginning. What do you think got you into sporting clays? What got your interest peaked? What got you started? Well, uh, yeah, beyond a doubt, my interest started with uh, in shooting with my father. Okay. He was a trap shooter okay. and, of course, a hunter, and um, he and I spent a lot of time together doing a lot of things, and uh, one day, at the ripe old age of nine, I began shooting. Excellent. And uh, I, I really, there's a lot of people I could credit for my shooting, but I really like to credit him for good, solid, basic fundamentals. Yes, that's awesome. I'm, I'm the same way. I grew up around uh, you know, the rural areas of Ohio, hunting 
fishing, that kind of thing. My right. dad got me into most of that stuff. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's wonderful. Um, you know, as, as a lady shooter, um, I know this is kind of predominantly a male sport at the moment, but have you faced any challenges or do you see any hurdles that lady shooters need to overcome with uh, shooting uh, sporting clays? You know, I've been in this sport for a long time mm -hmm. now, and uh, the lady shooters have evolved. I mean, uh, they're so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and they've gotten so good over the years, and uh, to keep up with everything is, is a challenge, but I, I love it, you know. Uh, anyway, I think for lady shooters, it's not so much facing challenges from other competitors and things of that nature. It's, it, it's, it's having that confidence to go out and shoot among your peers or maybe it's your spouse or whoever and, and just be yourself and, and try to shoot well. So from what I see from some lady shooters, it's just a little bit of lack of confidence there. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I mean, I look at it and correct me if I'm wrong. I look at this sport as a great equalizer because really, man, woman, or youth shooter, it really doesn't have a lot to do with your athletic ability, although it does to a degree, right. uh, but it's a pretty level playing field overall. Yeah, it, it can be. Um, you know, there, I mean, you know, for years, I mean, there's a lot of women that can keep up in the different classes, especially master's class. Absolutely. And shoot very well, um, you know, and, and be maybe high overall at event. There's a few of us that have, have had that privilege at our maybe our state shoots and things like that to finish high overall, so it's quite an accomplishment. Um, there's some differences we could get into that, but um, pretty much, you know, a lady could come out, have a great time, and be a great shooter. Right, absolutely. And any advice that you would give um, either a lady shooter or a young girl coming into the sport getting started? You know, uh, yeah, I, 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 I work with a lot of lady shooters. I, I work with Anthony Matteris at the AIM shooting school. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get, you know, we get people varying abilities and they're just brand new starting out or they're just trying to get better and, and try to understand the game. So therefore, we do have a lot of ladies that come in. And I think one of the big obstacles is, believe it or not, the gun and even the ammo that they're trying to shoot. Okay. Now, for instance, they, they may have a spouse or other guys at the range that try to help, and, and, and I want to tell you what, what I see at ranges is just awesome. Men always trying to help the ladies, and that's great, and I think that's awesome, but it might not be the right fit for them. Sure. And if we don't get them in the proper gun, manage that recoil, manage that weight, a good shell that's not going to add or, 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 or add some problems to all this, mm -hmm. they're going to shy away. Yeah. Because I've seen it. I've seen them come in, I've seen them get beat up, and they really don't want to come back. Yeah. And uh, Or they show me the bruise that they have on their, on their arm or just because of not holding the gun right, those types of things. So I, I think it's important to find it. Just, just, you know, it doesn't matter who. Just find somebody that really could cover the basics with them and get them started, make sure the gun is right, make sure the gun fit is right, or something close that they can get started with and feel comfortable. Because the more comfortable they are, obviously, they're gonna kinda wanna come back and try. Because look, when they break that first target, the look on their face is just, it's, it's priceless. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and, it, and for all of us, you yeah. know, and uh, 
So it's just getting them, getting them to that level of comfort where they feel like they can do it. And of course, that's confidence. And, I, and I've seen that firsthand. My a good friend of mine, JD, his wife just got her into shooting last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she started off with an A four hundred, very comfortable gun. Everything was fit for, her, and she went out there and just had a ball, and she was hooked. <laughs> you know, and and what, going back for me, roll the clock back to the nineties. <clears throat> um, you know, coming from a a, a trap shooting end mm-hmm. when I was younger, a lot of you know, there's a lot of over and unders. You know, right. Started out shooting sporting a little bit with an over and under, um, far lot. And Dan looked at me and he goes, "You know, I want you to try this Beretta." Uh, at the time, it was the 390. And picked it up. I never looked back. Just was the right thing. And at it was the right just time. the right. You know, it's just a, it was just an easier gun to point and shoot. I got one barrel to look around. I got less recoil. It was just overall just an easier gun to shoot. And then, of course, and all these years later, I've just stayed with the semi-auto all the way through. Of course, the the uh, models and stuff have changed over the years. Sure. Um, it's a gun that I highly recommend. Highly recommend, especially for the new shooter. Yes, excellent. And excellent. It, it could be it could be ladies. It could be young younger people. You know, um, or I even find some gentlemen now that maybe. Down the line, they're like, you know, I'm having trouble with my shoulder, or I don't want as much recoil, and I'm seeing the pendulum kind of swing, and they're going back to the semi-auto. So that's something I really, really stand behind. I've shot it for years. Um, I've always thought about, oh wow, those over and unders are beautiful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot one this year. And. I get to the point where I'm almost ready to do it, and I just I just can't do it, and I figure, you know. Well, it's funny because I was going to ask you that very question because <laughs> I I've heard you say it a couple of times. I think in the last year where you're thinking about considering going right. back to an over under, right? And you just still like to stay in that auto. <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you a conversation I had with Anthony Matarese about it. Okay. I said, I don't know. I think this was a couple of years ago. I said, Aunt, I really think I'm going to switch to the over and under. And he looked at me and he goes, Oh yeah? He goes, Um. Are you willing to commit at least 15,000 practice rounds to basically, in my words, not his, deprogram yourself from the auto to the over and under? And then he said, that's number one. And number two, like, if it's not broke, why are you going to try and fix it all these years? Yeah. And I went, you're right. And then I just <laughs> never looked back and I'm staying with the auto. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I tell you what, since we're already talking about guns, we have a segment called Rapid Fire. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to kind of run down a list of the gear and stuff that you use as a shooter. So hopefully our listen, listeners um, can get an idea of what you're, you're dealing with. And by the way, you are a, a Team Beretta shooter, so obviously you know the Berettas very well. I do. And I feel dumb asking you this first question, but our first question is, of course, what gun do you shoot? Well, it, obviously, it's the Beretta A400 XL. Gotcha. And what uh, is your favorite choke or chokes to shoot with sporting clubs? You know, uh, the constriction, I really shoot a lot of light modified. Okay. I got one barrel, and it seems to work both ways. If I get something a little bit out there, or I have something a little bit closer, maybe that, that takes you out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. I know that choke performs very well. And it's a Briley Titanium. Uh, that was my next question. Okay, yep. so Briley Titanium is your choke. Mm-hmm. All right, how about your shells? What kind of shells and what kind of recipe do you shoot? Well, I'm shooting the BMP, okay. the uh, F2 Mach. Okay. I'm one ounce, and the speed on them is 1300. Okay. Um, 
really started just shooting this ammo about a year ago. I really like it. Um, I'm already shooting a soft uh, autoloader. Now I'm adding the BP shell into the mix. You know, the BP shell with the Gordon Hall, the less felt recoil. And it's like, it's almost like, uh, I, I'm like, well, this is almost like cheating. <laughs> I, got a, I got a shell that's like gonna just annihilate the target, but I'm not paying the price for it on the recoil end. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that because that's absolutely my favorite shell. It's what I've been shooting this whole tournament. I shoot the 1307 halves. Are you 7.5 or an 8 shooter? Well, you know, I'm really an 8 fan. Okay, okay. Uh, not that I don't carry a few 7.5s, just for the mental side sometime. A few extra BBs, that thinks okay. But the 8s, the I really seem to just, it really just bolsters my confidence with the hits on them. Good, good deal. All right, how about shooting glasses? What kind of glasses do you like? Well, I'm wearing the RE Ranger. Um, I've been with the company for a while. I shoot the model, the Edge, it's called. Uh, I just recently have gotten into a slight prescription. Okay. Um, my eyes are my eyes actually are, are pretty good. I'm pretty very strong right eye dominant, which is quite an advantage. And uh, but the Rangers just offer just it just to me it's just like the superior uh, clarity of the lens, mm -hmm. and they're very comfortable. I can wear them all day. I don't get any I don't get any fatigue any place. So yeah, Ranger meets the bill on the glasses for me. Excellent. And are you preferential to a shell bag or a vest? Vest. Okay. Uh, just, Brand. Just gotten used to it. I'm shooting uh, Castellani. Okay. And uh, they just they fit real well. Um, they pay attention. They 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 you know they will get that vest to fit you. You know you need a little you need a little tweak here or there, and you feel comfortable with it because that's what it's all about. I mean, especially when we're shooting FITAS. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, you need that vest to perform because you get a mismount, it's pretty much going to be a loss bird. Yeah, because you're always starting from the low gun. Right, so, so good good quality vest, and uh, the best part is you can really get that tweak to fit you. And last but not least, what's your ear protection that you prefer? I've been wearing ESP for a while, um, electronic ear protection. Doing a lot of lessons and shooting, so, you know, these things are in my ear you know, for me, it could be four days a week, could be five days a week, could be less, you know. But um, uh, great protection on, on the ears. And the biggest thing is with earplugs for me is not to get that ear fatigue where it starts to hurt starts your to ear. Ache a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that they kind of, they're custom molded. So that really fits the bill for me. Excellent. Okay. And then last <clears> but not least, any sponsors that you'd like to mention or thank? Oh my goodness. I'm sure you know, you've got a few. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, over the years, I've I just been very fortunate, you know, uh, Beretta, Beretta has just always been there. Uh, they continue to be there and provide me the best firearm, you know, I could possibly have. Um, <clears throat> we covered my ammunition with BMP, my earplugs are ESP, uh, my chokes are Bridley, and... Now you're catching me on the spot here. What else are we doing? Um, <laughs> it's all right. Take your time. I might, I might think of another one along the way. That's fine. We can. But, uh, <laughs> that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, okay. Well, let's switch gears up. How about? Uh, all right. What keeps you coming back to a big event like the Gator Cup? Because we're here. I mean, it's a huge event. There's just tons and tons of shooters here, um, and this is my first time at it. I mean, I'm not disappointed at all. This is a great shoot. But obviously, you've probably been here quite a bit. 
but you keep coming back. Tell us a little bit about the Gator Cup. I think the Gator Cup represents the first big shoot of the year. And usually on a normal year, not quite like last year, but on a normal year, the last big event would have been the Nationals in the end of October. So this would be the first time everybody's getting together, first big event to kick off the year. So I think that's really what brings people down and, and what pe brings people down from the north and other places is, of course, the weather. Absolutely. But with all that being said, they do a superior job of throwing a shoot. And as a shooter, that's important. It's important to have that organization. I mean, from not just going out on the course and everything running smooth there, I mean, that's, that's super important, but I mean, for people to get their, their, their meals, you know, um, gosh, little things like getting the golf carts or having vendors here for people to, to access. So they really do a super, super job and they give away a ton of great things. I think they have like 20 guns this year. I, I, yeah, I think I heard 30. Yeah, maybe 30. Yeah, that's crazy to and, me. And of course, uh, Cole, Coles and Beretta team up and gave away just a great uh, DT-11 gold that was just given away. Yeah, I think a young man won that, correct? Young man had just turned 12 years old. Wow, what a what a wow. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, but right. that's a gun that will last him the rest of his life. So, so there's a lot of things that draw us here to the Gator and um, just superior organization and uh, everybody's looking first to, forward to that first big shoot. Tip. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, out there, you shot the red course this morning. I did. Um, any particular challenging targets or anything that you can tell us about or anything that kind of threw you for a loop that you saw today? Well, I'll tell you, and I actually, knock on wood, made out pretty well. They had a they had a simul pair off a tower on the left side that just came out and were screaming. And it kind of kind of going away, quartering a little bit. That, that was a great station. That was... That's one that makes you pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> because, you know, you can sometimes get these quartering birds that are maybe 30 yards from you, and you just didn't give it the focus that it needed. But I like that you get some of those stations where you're like, okay, I really got to pay attention, so I really like that. But there was a couple of them out there that, you know, you really had to pay attention. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, um, now speaking of, of the tournament, so here's a good question for you. Being a coach... So uh, I was in the experience this morning where we had a station where we had some mechanical problems. Okay. And the you know clays were breaking and stuff, and I really couldn't get in the rhythm. And of course, I didn't do well. I think I hit three out of six because it was like it was it would throw a bird fine, and then it would break two or three birds, and you throw one and break one. How do you keep yourself mentally in check when you're in a situation like that where the where the trap's just not cooperating? And you're, you know, it, this the sport is so much about rhythm and feel. Right. Uh, how do you keep your brain, you know, where it needs to be when stuff like that's going on? I think when you run into a situation like that, one of the things you have to do is make sure you unload, start again. Okay. Start everything again. Even take a step back, almost like you're stepping up to the to the uh, shooting cage or the or the spot initially. Just take a step back. Clear your mind. Trapper's ready. You know. And, and you're ready to roll. I, that's really all you can do is just kind of, just kind of, I like to say restart. Just restart everything, the whole process, whatever that pre-shot routine may be. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm trying to think what else was, would be out there. Um, obviously, the weather's been beautiful, so we really haven't had too much to deal with. We did have some high winds. 
So that, that pushed some of the targets one way or the it other. It was a little breezy this morning out there, yeah. So that yeah. was that was out there and in play, and uh, I was kind of thinking we might get some rain this afternoon, but luckily it's held off. I think so. So I think we're going to pass that through. Um, in the end, I mean, you probably shoot most of the events here. Um, I imagine you're always going to shoot the main. Are you a big task shooter as well? I, I love FETAS. Uh And actually, the funny part is, when I come down here, it's usually like my first shoot of the year. Um, I, I don't, I'll just get in a couple prelims okay. and I'll get in the main event. I'm just kind of getting myself in and some, sometimes I'll shoot the feet test, but sometimes not. And this year I just opted not to. And, uh, but I, I look forward to getting to that first regional where I'm going to be shooting it though. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Speaking of that, the, I think the Northeast is at MM this year, right? It is. And it's a lot earlier than it usually has been, isn't it? It's um, May. Okay. It's going to be in May, about mid-May. I, I don't commit the exact date, but it's about mid-May. Gotcha. Now, I think uh, my, my co-host Jason was asking me about this. He said, mention that to you and Anthony about it. I think it's pretty full at the moment. Is there any chance of any shooters getting into the main uh, before May? You know what? I'm sure there is, but Eminem's one of those places, and I don't know if you can remember back to the U.S. Open. What's it been now? It'll be two years coming up. When they went live on Windscore, I think the first day, 500 shooters signed up. No. So it's just, they draw a crowd there. And, it, and that's just another club that does it right. Gotcha. And that's what, that's what happens if they're going to draw, <clears throat> draw big numbers. Um, I, I would say it's probably not closed out. Okay. And uh, I would definitely, if you have to, uh, and I encourage anybody that's listening, if you have to, even just call. Okay, and maybe get on the waiting list to see if anybody bumps Exactly. Out. Okay. You know, main event you probably get into, but it, maybe some of the other events you can get on a waiting list. Yeah, I think he said most of the uh, side events, the sub-gauge and things like that, there were still spaces to be filled, but I think the main was already full. So okay. that way he was just wanting to see if he could squeeze in. Well, and obviously closer it gets, sometimes you get a few cancellations. So. Okay, so make the call and see if maybe you can make something happen. Definitely worth make the call. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Well, Diane, I can't say thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule, and I wish you nothing but the rest for the rest of the tournament uh, today and tomorrow if you're shooting any more events. Um, I really appreciate the time taking uh, or explaining to our listeners the things that you do and some of the, the ways that we can help get lady shooters into the sport. Uh, final note, as the sport overall, um, most of the time we see the new shooters coming in like have parents or relatives in the sport already, mm -hmm. so that kind of leads them into it. Outside of the shooting sports, what could we as a community do to help pull more people in from the outside that aren't already hunters or shooters? What, what do you think could be done to kind of help push the sport and grow the, grow Ooh, the ranks? That's a good, good question. Um, you know, just trying to bring people in cold is basically yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. Because <laughs> um, usually this sport just thrives on, you know, like you said, uh, maybe a relative or somebody, a friend, brings people into the sport. So basically, I think as shooters, what we do, what we have to do is just be mindful. And when we, obviously, we talk about the sport with a lot of passion. Yes. And try to, we try to bring people in. And, uh, you know, people that are interested. So I think that's where it really comes from. I don't know if we're going to, if we're going to generate more people to the sport by just kind of doing a cold uh, but I think it's going to have to be like friends, relatives, fellow shooters bringing people into the fold as it, 
just like we've been doing for years. Yeah, just give them the experience and let it happen. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Diane, thank you once again. I appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Sean, I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. All right, we're back again at Gator Cup 2021. I'm sitting here with the privilege of actually talking to Mr. Anthony Matteris. Anthony, thank you for taking the time to see me. Thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate you uh, talking to all of our listeners to the Dead, at the Dead Pair podcast. So uh, how was the targets today? They're good. They're Actually, the blue course is definitely one of the tougher courses uh, that you'll see in competitive shooting. I missed a few that I should not have missed. Shot a few of the harder stands well. Uh, they're good. They're definitely on the higher end of the difficulty level for competitive shooting. Gotcha. If this was your, you know, your first tournament, you might be a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> I bet. Um, this is my first Gator Cup. Um, shot quite a few tournaments, but yeah, I, I agree. It was pretty tough. I shot the blue course as well uh, this morning. It was a little humbling, but that's all right. <laughs> it's not about me. Give you something to practice. Absolutely. Yeah, it gives you something to definitely work towards. That's for sure. So um, your list of accomplishments is long. We could be here all day talking about. Um, I, I guess the biggest thing I can do is congratulate you on the World Fee Task. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that, that was just awesome. And, uh, I mean, that's probably a huge, huge yeah. feather in your cap. I appreciate it. And uh, my, my goal in my shooting is always just uh, have a good resume for a long period of time. You know, so I'm going to be doing this. I've been doing this a long time. I'm going to be doing it for a long time long time further and you know when everything's over that you know that would be my accomplishments so going way back what actually got you into shooting sporting clays so i grew up doing some hunting um my family owned a hunting preserve we did not have sporting clays and i went out deer hunting and stuff with my dad and then uh over the few over the years we put in a sporting clay range when i was about uh nine years old eight nine years old is when we opened up a small hand manual traps uh, nothing like what people think of sporting clays today and I would go out and pull the clays for our customers and somewhere in that time frame nine years old I went out and started doing it a little bit with my hunting gun and uh, the rest is history yeah I've been hooked ever since huh? I sounds familiar um, so for some of our people that are getting into sporting clays uh, especially new shooters especially people that are just kind of either transitioning from a hobbyist shooter into a registered target shooter couple tidbits of advice that you could give them or some, maybe some pointers or some uh, you know just sticking points to, to really focus on yeah so I think that if we if we start off just kind of most basic let's assume you don't know anything uh, which is always a good assumption because if we if we assume that we know too much and we've got got to get ahead of ourselves it can lead the bad habits down the road so you want to research what a good gun mount is whether you're shooting with a mounted gun or an unmounted gun um, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the internet now with uh, YouTube videos, etc. I have some a uh, couple free links on uh, if you put in Anthony Matteris shooting YouTube. I have a couple free chapters from my shooting video. Look at how the best guys are mounting a gun. Um, guy by the name of Nicholas Barry. He has a lot of footage up there. So you want to learn stance, gun mount, and make sure you look like what some of the best guys look like. You don't have to be exactly like they look but if you see where they've got the gun in their shoulder and they got their head forward on the stock and you see how they're standing i would suggest that you work on that on your own at your house you can there's a lot more resources available to people now with the internet and youtube and people taking videos and footage on their phone of some of the best shooters in the world that you can watch them shoot uh at no cost to you uh, so check gun mount, check stance by a comparative basis because let's make the assumption that you got to do this on your own 
you don't have someone standing there that, that is an expert. So with some analysis, you, you can figure that out. Um, eye dominance, figure that out. If you're right-handed, right eye dominant, you know, we're going back to kind of a novice style shooter, but there's a lot of people out there shooting a shotgun right now that just shut their left eye and maybe they need in the right hand they shut their left eye. Maybe they need to, maybe they don't. So do some research there, educate yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you're going to get out on the range and start doing some shooting. You want to master these, the, some basic fundamentals of break point, kill the bird where you see it the best, hold point where you're going to hold your gun before you call pull. So if you've got the mount under control, you got the stance under control, you understand a break point where you see it the best, you've got a hold point that puts you in position to move with the clay without waiting for it, without getting beat by it. And then you're going to start to understand the game in terms of reading the birds for angle, speed, distance, and understand what that means. Means so that gets us into the conversation of lead, okay? Which is a complicated topic, uh, but let's say lead is something that you should understand and learn that some birds take more lead than other birds. Uh, but then we want to learn to maintain a focus on the clay, so that we see the clay clearly. We have a sense of the lead. We have a we see the lead in our peripheral vision, so we have an idea of what it is. So if you if you can understand angle, speed, and distance. You've got a good break point, you've got a good hold point, you've got the gun mounted correctly, uh, you've got good stance and you've done some research on eye dominance. That's enough information for, you know, some of this, look, you gotta go out, you gotta do a little bit of homework, you know, do some, sure. get in YouTube and Google and start searching some stuff, but we're giving you what to start looking at. Gotcha. Um, there's some good resources available for you just to find stuff right online at, at no cost. Well, okay, so as a coach, this kind of leads me into my next question. I know you've seen all all makes and models and, and experience levels. For for a for a shooter or for a student coming to you for the first time. Yep. What are some of the big things that you have to fix, or what are some of the big errors that you're always focusing on when you get a new shooter that comes to you that's trying to get better? Would you say a new shooter that's more novice or has been um, playing the game a while? And... I, I would say more of a novice, like somebody that's kind of started on their own. Yep. That, and they're starting to get to the point where they want to maybe start shooting some registered targets, and they're getting better, but you know, obviously they feel like they either don't know enough, yeah, or they're you know, stuck it, a little bit, and they're stuck a little bit. So what? Do, what I, kind of I mean, do you stance see? and gun mount is huge. Okay, I don't know how many people show up. They mount the gun, their head's too far back on the stock. They got the gun mounted too high in the pocket of their shoulder. They mount the gun too high in the pocket of their shoulder. You see the recoil pad sticking up above the back of the shoulder. Head's way back in the stock. That's kind of a very typical. Uh, novice novice mistake. Uh, stance matters to the degree that it, it limits your movement. So you've got to be able to rotate, move your body as a whole, uh, not just your arms, keep yourself balanced. So those are two big fundamental things that I say are, are wrong quite often. Um, you can educate yourself on the types of presentations that might be best shot with the gun slightly unmounted or out of your face, you know, where you don't have your head locked down on the stock on every shot, even if it's a soft pre-mounted gun, which means getting your face out, but leave it in the pocket. So that's something you can educate yourself on. I would say the biggest thing that people, you know, once you get past stance and gun mount and uh, uh, that stuff, the biggest thing that people don't have is they really just don't have a system, okay? When I say they don't have a system, they don't have a process or a plan. So where are you gonna shoot it? Where are you gonna hold? Did you read the angle, the speed, the distance? So that's really the first thing is I try to teach people once we get kind of past some of the foundation stuff is how do you play the game? What are you looking at? What were you even attempting to do? You know, we're not just shooting at moving targets with no plan. 
we've got to we got to teach you how to get a plan and, and, and get ready for what the presentation in front of you. Gotcha. Well, that actually leads into my next question. So my co-host Jason wanted me to ask you this question. He is very intrigued about your pre-shot routine. And would you mind walking us through what you do before yep. you go up to the station? So when I view birds, I kind of think I break my pre-shot or what you do before you get in the box uh, and what you do in the box into kind of two parts. Plan. First is plan. That happens in most scenarios if unless you're the first guy outside the box okay, or on your view birds. So my plan, first step in my plan is where do I see the clay the best? Where do I see the second clay the best? Okay, if it's a double, is there something that I have to do to kill one bird sooner to get me in a good position for the second bird? So I'm going to kill the bird where I see it the best. I'm going to pick my hole point. Where am I going to hold that it's going to allow me to move in synchronization with the clay? If I hold too close, I'm rushed. If I hold too far out, I'm waiting. Where am I going to look? Okay, to see the bird coming. We'll call that a soft focus. So I want to see the bird come off the trap, but I don't look directly at the trap. So I, I don't look any closer to the trap than I have to. Okay. So if I see the flash come off the trap, I'm happy with that. In my opinion, the bird does not have to be clear when it first leaves the trap. Okay. People often talk about seeing the target clearly the whole way. Not only do I not do that, I advise against that for the average shooter. So I want you to see the clay right away, but I don't want you locking your eye on the clay. So where can I acquire? How far in do I have to bring my eyes to see it? If I've got my eyes halfway between my hold point and the trap, it, where, where in my soft focus, most of the time I'm pretty happy with that. Okay, so I got to see it come out, but I don't need to look at it right off the arm in terms of clearly. Uh, hard focus. When I fire, is there at that break point? Is there something? Is there a way that I see the clay? Can I see the black edge, the circle in the middle, the sun hitting off of it, right corner? It's orange and black birds. See the contrast. I want to pick that. Certain birds, if they don't allow me to see them well, like you shot out there on the blue course, and there's a couple extreme pairs, if you take too much time to see the first bird clearly, the second bird is, is gone. Be gone, okay? yeah, absolutely. So I plan on that, that I'll just see a clay. So I might not see it crystal clear. So I define that. That's how well I see the clay. I'll call that my hard focus, but it's not always a perfect focus to contingent upon how the presentation is thrown to you. If it's just an on-edge orange clay up in the sky, it's just gonna be an orange-edge clay up in the sky. That's how I define that, because I'll carry that into my routine later. And then I'm reading the bird. Angle, speed, distance, line. Is it going up, down, you know, four o'clock, two o'clock, eight o'clock. Uh, so I've got angle, speed, and distance. To me, you'll see me then I'll have my hand up, so I'm rehearsing the station. I'm, I'm basically testing all of those variables. When I put my hand up, I account for where I'm going to place the gun in relation to the target. That's what I call the insertion of the gun relative to the barrel. Okay. So depending upon the angle, the speed, and the distance, my gun's going to be closer to the bird if it's less distance, less speed, less angle, and more space in front of the clay depending upon, you know, if there's more angle, speed, and distance. So my hand is basically showing myself prior to getting in the box where I want to insert the gun. My insert of the gun is not necessarily my lead, but it could be my lead, okay? Lead comes from two places. It comes from the speed of your barrel and where you place the gun relative to the bird. So if you place the gun ahead of the bird and you fire and the gun's moving the same speed as the bird, that's your lead. The insert was your lead. If you insert the gun on the front edge and the gun speed is slightly faster than the clay, then you're establishing lead with the gun speed. So I do both, okay? My hand, though, and my pre-shot in my plan before I'm in the box 
is showing me where I want to start the gun for that type of a target. Okay. So I that's very precise for me. Okay. If someone asks me when I fired how much lead it took, I might not give you the exact answer to how much lead it took to hit it, but I can give you the exact answer for where when I merged my gun and the bird together, where the gun was relative to the bird. At the end, I'll have a little feel part of the shot. That's where the hard focus actually happens. So inserting the gun relative to the bird is something that's personal because everybody sees it differently. We can't tell the person insert on the front edge, insert two feet, four feet, eight feet, one foot, because everybody sees differently. I see the lead at my gun. So a lot of lead to me is six or eight inches, 10 inches. Gotcha. So seven foot of lead means zero. You might as well say seven miles because I don't have a goddamn clue. What it's you're how you comprehend about. it. It's how you perceive it. Okay. So your insert, if you're going to go out and work on that, is going to be relative based on your scale. Okay. Your buddy or somebody telling you two feet may or may not make sense. Two inches might make more sense. Little daylight, more daylight, a lot of daylight might make more sense. So I've rehearsed that on view birds. If I'm in a tournament and I have people ahead of me seeing more than one pair is very helpful okay if i got a couple of shooters there i'll view that you know half a dozen times till i'm confident in my plan when i step into the box i'm becoming less conscious of what i'm going to do and that's what i call my routine so as i step in within my routine if anybody's watched me shoot i'm very specific kind of in the box i'm not somebody that takes a lot of time and wastes a lot of time i'm kind of in there very specific get the job done get out so I load the gun the same way. I check my break point and my hold point the same way. I'm always mount at my first, my first break point, come to my hold point, come out of my gun if I'm an unmounted shot or stay in if it's a pre-mounted shot, uh, pull. Within my timing of my steps in my routine, which involves loading each barrel of the gun, um, I'm visualizing that photo that I took from the hard focus portion in the plan as I put the shell on my gun, et cetera. So there's a timing component to my routine of the vision that's tied to a physical step. Okay, okay. so as I put a shell in, I see bird one. As I put the second shell in, I see bird two. Okay. If I can see the black edge or the orange rim or the rim in the middle, that's what I do. If the bird is um, something I'm shooting really quick on a double trap pair, then I might tell myself when I load the gun, the first bird is just gonna be a bird. Okay, it's not gonna be clear. Okay. So I that's specific. Okay. And when I close my gun and I come to my first hold point for the first bird, I see the first bird again in my mind and I call pull as I see that bird. So my mind is occupied the whole time through my routine. So people ask you sometimes, how do you clear your mind? I never clear my mind. I just occupy it with things that are important. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. Well, if I may, I've got a selfish question. Yep. Uh, since you shot the blue this morning, I shot the blue as well. Yep. Um, I believe it was station 13, or maybe it was 14, there was uh, a true pair, right to left crosser, one was a Rabu, yep. the other one was a standard. Yep. Everybody I watched before our station got up there shot the Rabu first, then they went after the standard. Our squad went up there and shot it the same way. Um, and for those listening, the Rabu was kind of short thrown, it died at about 30 yards out, the, yep. the, the standard went way out, maybe right. died so about Rabu 60. being a rabbit in the air very tricky because of the, the different mass and the different flight characteristics. So I struggled, I hit three out of six, yep. uh, just could not, uh, my natural instinct was to hit the Rabu and then swing through to the standard. When I got out of the state, or when I finished my routine, I was the last shooter, the, the trap thrower said, hey, try it backwards, just for kicks. And when I, tra when I did it backwards, 
I, I nailed them both. Yep. So, you know, typically I've always been taught that when you have a true pair, you want to hit the back pair first and swing through to the first. In this case, it worked the other way. Is there right. any way to kind of gauge that when well, you're up in the box? Yeah, I mean, I never used it. When I was a kid, shooting off a manual trap, we always did use a generic rule, shoot the back bird than the front bird. Well, today, though, you got so many different variations, you know, that you can't use quite a generic rule back than front. I'm always looking at how I can see each bird well. Like, what's my, how do I maximize my time? How can I see each bird? If I, sh you know, I do a rehearsal. If I shoot this bird here, then the second bird is going to be doing this. If I shoot this bird here, then the second bird is going to be doing this. So at that station, I was third up. I was standing, obviously, with those boxes that you stand in. You know, there these cages that we have are big and they block your vision a little bit. You know, we're shooting in an enclosed with a kind of gazebo type thing. So I was standing outside the box up next to the cage, and I was rehearsing it um, the way that you said you did it afterward. I was rehearsing it to shoot the, the front bird standard, standard than the rabbit, but the guy that I was the first one up, he was hitting it. So I never got really a good rehearsal of, of, what, to, of what it looked like. You know, so I shoot this when I go to see how much, trying to see how much time I had for the rabbit. I yeah. couldn't get a good feel for it, right? So he ran it, okay? He, he ran the station uh, shooting the rabbit first. Yep. So literally, you know, I've got one shooter ahead of me. Now I really got to rehearse what I'm doing. I never rehearsed what I was doing when he was shooting because I was trying to rehearse the other way and couldn't ever really see the birds. So I got to make a decision that I'm confident in quickly, okay? So I literally, I thought it could have been done both ways. I literally, my logic was, well, he ran it that way. Okay. Yeah, might as well. I know I can shoot as good as him. Gotcha. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go that way, and I'm gonna rehearse it that way on the person in front of me because they stepped in there and did it that way. So I was, I was able to get myself prepared, and I shot rabbit then bird, and I did run it. Okay, but if I was the first one, I probably would have went bird then rabbit but to be honest with you it's all time related it's all time oriented in terms of how much time do i have and how well can i see the clay so if i kill this bird here how much time do i have if i kill this bird here how much time do i have so at the end of the day there i think it could have been either way i don't think you necessarily made a bad decision you know you could have done you could have got it the way flip, that you flip did, a coin right? and see what happens exactly gotcha gotcha all right well at the end of the day there is an embedded lesson there i didn't know either Okay. okay, but I damn sure made sure that I knew when I stepped in there what I was doing. So I had a plan. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, well, let's take a break off the series stuff. Um, we do a series called Rapid Fire Question. Yep. Basically about your gear and stuff, yep. what you use to shoot with. Uh, I feel dumb asking you this. What's your gun? I shoot a Beretta DT-11. Okay, and what uh, chokes do you typically I shoot? I shoot Briley. Uh, it's a custom choke they make for me. I shoot a pair of modifieds. Okay, pair of modifieds. Uh, what is your shell recipe? What do you guys like? I'm shooting a one ounce, uh, 1290, mostly eights. Winchester, one ounce, 1290 feet per second, mostly eights. I shoot a few seven and a halves. Okay. Uh, shooting glasses. I shoot uh, Pila. I use all the brown lenses, the uh, CED, I believe they're called. Uh, I use that uh, 30 and 42 the most. Okay. Uh, shell bag or shooting vest? I use a vest. Okay. Brand? Castellani. Castellani. And ear protection. I use phone plugs. Phone plugs. Straight and simple. Cool. Um, any sponsors you want to thank while we've got you here? Uh, all my sponsors are all, you know, glad to have them. Laporte, 
uh, White Flyer, Beretta, Pila, uh, Winchester, Beretta, uh, my family shooting ground, M&M, probably Jim Greenwood, Greenwood Custom Stocks, probably missing somebody. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch out there. <laughs> if I missed you. Sorry. Well, uh, speaking of M&M, hey, here's a quick question. So the regional, the Northeast Regional is going to happen this year. Yep. Is that, I think it was in May is when they're it's having It's going to be uh, like May 17th, right in that time frame. Is that typically a little earlier than the year than it usually is? We normally always do it right in that time frame. Okay, all right. Yep. I, I shot the Northeast at Cardinal two years yep. ago, and it was like So it's for the regional championships, you can, the club picks the date. Oh, the club picks the date. I yep. got gotcha. you. Um, I know Jason was talking to me. He was trying to get on uh, to shoot the main, and I think it's already booked up. It is, but we'll have uh, we'll have spots open. So what we've been telling people is just give them a call, put your name down, get on plan on being there. With COVID, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that you know I think aren't going to necessarily travel, but unfortunately they're not. Uh, you know, they're they want to hold their yet. spot because they, they, you know, they're hoping sure. for the best. You know, absolutely, absolutely. I know that that happened here at the Gator Cup that three months ago people couldn't get in and you could have walked in the door here the day of and shot every event. Yeah, I know we looked at it for quite a while uh, at the end of the year. We, were, we weren't sure if we were going to get here either, but it opened up some things, so that's awesome. All right, so last thing, as a coach, I know uh, you're a very busy man. you got all kinds of irons in the fire. Um, you just released your DVDs. Yep. You've been working on those. Yep. Um, how do you feel that's going, and do you think that uh, the DVD approach or the video approach can help a shooter just as much as a, a live coach? Yeah, I mean, they're not going to help us just as much as a live coach. I mean, now, if if you don't have a great coach, they might help more, okay? <laughs> gotcha. So, gotcha. It, you know, you need good instruction if they're, you know, if the people, is, if you're going to get help. Um, the videos are very good. I, I've done this my whole life. I don't do anything, you know, for lack of a better word, half-assed. And uh, we spent a lot of time trying to get them, you know, 100% with quality and coverage of all the topics. The foundation one is good even for the advanced shooters. They're very good. I can tell you that I have four or five people that stopped me just this week. You know, we got to remember some folks can't conveniently get to see a good coach. Oh, sure. Okay. Absolutely. Or they might have a coach in their local area that's helping them, but they want to expand their education a little bit and maybe they don't have the time or the resources to, to come see me or somebody else. Uh, I'm very confident in my methods and my techniques for a broad range of students of all experience levels. And I've had probably four or five folks stop me this weekend uh, and say, hey man, I just want to appreciate, you know, I got your video. Uh, I'm from, you know, New Mexico and uh, I've been studying your stuff. It's changed my game completely. That's you know, awesome. so, that, you know, there, it can definitely help you a ton. Okay. If you're uh, taking instruction with anyone, I think there's a lot of concepts in there that are good reinforcement regardless who your coach was. Gotcha. So don't be afraid to get them. There's some, you know, for the advanced shooters, there's a lot of tactics in there that are target specific, et cetera. So it's been very successful uh, for us. We've, we've had a lot great feedback and lots of people, you know, stopping us and, you know, thanking us for the material that we put out there. And for our listeners on the Dead Pair Podcast, where can they go to get these videos? Uh, the, the best place you can get it is it is on Amazon. So if you have an Amazon account, type in Anthony Mattery shooting videos. It'll pop right up. Uh, that's easy. If you already have that, you can buy it right through Amazon. Or ClayShootingInstruction.com. That's my personal website. ClayShootingInstruction.com. 
and you type in the uh, you click on the uh, videos and it'll take you right there. Excellent. Well, Anthony, I can't uh, th say thank you enough for the time that you spent with our listeners helping us out. Um, I wish you the best on the rest of your shooting this weekend and hope we can talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. And all I can say is wow. Yep. Definitely some big names there. A lot of good information. Um, it was a treat to sit there and talk with those people. That's that's amazing, dude. I Great that you caught up with them. A um, little bit jealous. Yeah. Um, you know, wish I could have been there with you. I uh, wish I could have been part of all those interviews that have been a lot of fun, but, uh, man, you did a great job, Sean. Good questions. Thanks. So, and I, I just really want to say a heartfelt thank you to, to Melanie, Josh, uh, Diane, and of course, Anthony, <coughs> I know all of you guys were very busy. Everybody was running around trying to do their, their, their game. Uh, Josh was obviously running around doing all of his contacts with white flyer, uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you, all you guys that took uh, time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me and, and do a quick interview. Yeah, and some big news dropped there. Um, you know, Melanie dropped about uh, Kohler's coming out with a youth slash ladies oh, version. Oh, and she was so, I mean, like, she was, like, over the top excited. She was, we sat down to start. She was, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And she got <laughs> up, and she ran over to the Elite Shotguns trailer and grabbed it and brought it back. And you could just see she was beaming about it. I mean, and I, I took some pictures. We'll post it on the the uh, Facebook page and stuff for our viewers to see, but that's going to be a big gun. It's beautiful. Obviously, you know, Kohler probably second to none as far as the wood on their guns. I mean, I, I got to admit, I'm a little jealous uh, of the wood on your gun as well. Um, but you know, she was very excited. I mean, it doesn't have a name yet. It's a prototype, probably going to be a, a ladies gun and maybe even a youth gun if they get yeah. all the, the stuff worked out, but they were letting people take it out and shoot it there at the Gator cup and right. get, get their feedback on it. So really, really, really cool. And of course we're the first pe people to uh, announce it to the public. So that was very cool. And, uh, and again, big thanks to Josh and Diane and Anthony, um, Anthony, obviously one of the great, uh, one of the greats of the sport period. Yes. Uh, and, and obviously as many people that would like to go have a coaching lesson with him, let's not forget he's got his DVDs out there. So if yeah. you don't, don't have the time or money to go get yourself with a coach, maybe picking up some DVDs from somebody like Anthony would be the next best thing where you can sit and watch him at your own leisure. Uh, and, and I'm sure all the information on those DVDs would be helpful to well, our, our listeners. You know, Anthony is a, plethora of information when it comes to sporting well, clays. I, dude, you and look at his, it's like I told him at the beginning of the interview. I said, you've got so many accomplishments. We'd sit here for 20 minutes just going through all the stuff right. that you've done. And that's then, of right. course, the big thing was obviously winning the World Fee Task. Um, but, you know, I mean, he, he's just got a track record of so many things oh, that yeah. he's done. And the knowledge Absolutely. that he's accumulated since he was a young guy uh, getting into the sport, he's forgotten more than we'll ever know. Right. You know, Well, seriously. you know, and a testament to Anthony – you know, our coach, who is a level three instructor, still finds value in Anthony's DVDs. Absolutely. So, you know, if our coach is referring back to those for knowledge, think of what just a new Joe, shooter, yeah. Joe Public Shooter, yep. you know, could get out of Anthony's DVD. So, so hats off to Anthony. Yeah, you could spend a lot more money in a lot worse ways than to pick up some of yeah. his DVDs. That's yeah. for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> but overall, man, what a great experience! A uh, fantastic time. Obviously, love the weather. Love Quail Creek. Love the Gator Cup. Uh, would definitely be going back sometime in the near future, and hopefully, you'll get yourself there as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, Sean, while you were down there goofing off, I was home working, and oh, I know you were working hard, <laughs> and, and <laughs> shoveling snow. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and it, you know, I was thinking 
And I, you know, I, I had maybe an adult beverage while I was thinking. And no, not you. It got, it got me to dig. And I was like, you know, what if there was like a theme song for our shotguns? Oh, boy. You know, and, and I thought of mine, and I think I came up with the perfect one. Okay, what's that? My baby is American made. Oh, Jimmy Christmas. Okay. It, you know, and All then right. and then I came to your gun. When the moon hits your Seriously? eyes like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Hey, they've been building guns for 500 years. They know what's going on. Hey, and another thing, I wanted to give a shout out to one of the guys that helped me get with those shooters. Of course, Anthony and Diane are both Team Beretta shooters. Yes. And Brian Buzzy is one of the big um, sales guys for Beretta. Yes. He was down there at the shoot, and he was instrumental in getting us hooked up with Anthony and Diane. And Brian, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Can't, can't thank you enough. That was fantastic. Thanks thank for you. helping us out with yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. Um, you know, I've shot some tournaments up here, and Brian was there. Got to meet him a couple times, and uh, yeah, good. outstanding individual. So yeah, thanks, good, Brian. good guy, good guy, and definitely likes that we're representing the sport. He's told me more than once that uh, we're, he loves what we're doing and uh, really wants to try to help us out any way he can. Yeah, okay, cool. Man, that's awesome. You know, listen, guys, again – I understand Sean went to the Gator Cup and and our focus is new shooters and you're probably I'm going to repeat this you're probably thinking what in the world does this have to do with a new shooter this is one of the great experiences of this sport yes this is why we love this sport an opportunity to go shoot these big events be part of these big events see great targets eat great food meet outstanding people mm-hmm. um the vendors, the manufacturers behind the sport, you get to meet them, shake hands with them, see them face to face. Do yourself a favor and get out to these big shoots. Yeah. It's definitely going to teach you something, especially depending on where you're at. I mean, we are very lucky here in Ohio. We've got some world-class facilities with, with Cardinal and Eagle's Nest and, you know, C4 and, and uh, um, gosh, Mad River. And, uh, I mean, the list goes on. Hillendale, the list goes on. So we're very fortunate, but I know not every state has that varied uh, amount of of uh, courses and, and, and clubs that you can go to. So if you don't have something like that near you, do yourself a favor. I mean, maybe it's not the Gator cup. Maybe you go to a regional event. Well, or Hey, we just did our last episode with the American field sporting game board classic, right? Yeah. Go to, go to that. That's a perfect opportunity. And there you go. There's a chance for an E class or D class new shooter to go win some great money and prizes. I yeah, mean, and, and the weird thing is they could actually wind up winning they can the end up winning thing. the whole thing. Yeah, David's you got know? it set up to where it pretty yeah. much levels the playing field Absol- for a lot of them. Absolutely, for sure. And, hey, all of you that are already registered shooters, we've talked about this before, take someone new out shooting. Yes. I was just with my wife at our accountant's office today doing our taxes super cool guy. And I looked at him, his name's Jesse. And I said, when are we going shooting? What do you mean? What are you talking about? I said, sporting clays. And he looked at me like I was a unicorn. (laughs) And I was like, okay, let's break out some YouTube videos. And we did. And I said, by the way, (laughs) you ever heard of this thing called the dead pair podcast? And he gets this big smile on his face. And I'm like, check it out. Listen to us. We can help you get started. But 
I'm taking him to Cardinal next week. Yeah, and one more so. thing along that line. Let's <laughs> not forget the guys at Cardinal, Jake and Luke. They're giving away that corporate membership. So oh, post gosh, those yes. pictures. Yes. Send us those pictures when you're out shooting. Somebody's going to win that. That's a $1,250 package. My gosh, wouldn't that be a great surprise 3, for, 000, for 2021? 3,000 targets with a golf cart every visit. Yep. Perfect opportunity for you, your buddies, your family to go shoot some targets on them. Yep. All you got to do is post a picture out shooting with your favorite squad or your, your favorite crew, I guess you could say. Yeah. And we want to see smiles, post those pictures. And listen, <laughs> Jason is very new to figuring out social media and podcasts. So I screwed up. I don't know if our Facebook page is not allowing or whatever, but you can always um, message, uh, direct message those pictures to us. Yes. Or you can go to our website, hit the contact button and email them there, but send those pictures in because Bill Elliott's going to be in studio here soon. He's going to pick a winner. So it might as well be you as Sean always says. Yes. That wins this. This is a tremendous opportunity. 3000 targets plus a golf cart. Yeah, absolutely. So, and big thank you again to Jake and Luke and the Cardinal center for, for providing that for our listeners. Yes. For sure. And don't forget, go to our website, click the Negrini banner, and check out all the awesome cases and protection for all of your gear that Negrini offers. At Negrini, we case your memories.